Welcome to the Seam Lund Podcast, I'm your host Seam Lund and today our guest is Lee Ewen. Lee is a breathwork and cold exposure expert. We're going to have an amazing six-day retreat in Mexico at May 22nd until 27th, 2023. It's going to be an incredible experience of body, mind and spirit. There are biohacking lectures with me and my wife Inka, breathwork and ice baths guided by Lee, hiking to an ancient volcano, snorkeling, seeing the petroglyphs inside the jungle, and much more. All the meals are included. You just have to choose which room you want at the Mar de Jada retreat center looking over the beach. If you want to have a little escape from the world and spend a week among like-minded health-conscious people, then head over to seamland.com forward slash retreat and you can find more information there. Now we're good. Now we're good, yes. What's up? Hey man, how are you? I'm doing really good. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all for a Saturday. What, is, what have we got? Saturday afternoon now? So, Yeah, nice. It's pretty uh, rainy today. <laughs> at yeah, least here yeah. in Estonia. Yeah, yeah. Same here in, uh, in Finland for sure. Yeah. Good mm. time for a little bit of work inside, but of course going outside a bit later, get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of Q&A and uh, like a live stream to uh, talk also about like our upcoming retreat in May, which is uh, going to be in Mexico. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a good time. That it's uh, Now I really feel like going to Mexico because like if it's raining here and stuff, I'm going to be like by the end of this winter, I'm going to be very ready for that one. Mm. Yeah, sun. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, like I said, in Mexico, it's going to be like a, Five days, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We'll visit like a volcano, do some uh, snorkeling and uh, breathwork, ice baths. So, yeah, like the full uh, biohacking like uh, retreat gambit. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, what I like about this as well is that um, you know, you you probably seen some different people, like uh, different colleagues, or you know, for me, it's people from the university that kind of take these vacations, and then by the time they get back from the vacation, they like need another vacation because they've been out there doing doing stuff, drinking and partying and and all that. And the good thing about this retreat is that actually, you, it's it's all about relaxing. It's all about um, you know meditation, uh, learning, sharing experiences with others, and then taking in a lot of the natural beauty uh you know such a, a pristine sort of location for this like you said volcano uh we've got the beach and everything not so far away um sun uh can't can't wait mm, yeah but uh let's talk about you as well so um i don't know many people i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure a lot of my followers already know about you but uh, like what's your backstory of how did you end up in finland <laughs> as, a, as an australian guy uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same old story for a lot of us foreigners, uh, came for love, but stayed for the weather. And, you know, through my, through some hardships and through some sort of like, um, you know, some ups and downs, I kind of learned, learned here in Finland about, um, sort of managing my own meditation and, um, my own mood and feeling better. Um, so that, that was a deep dive in, into the breath work, of course. And then, um, well, the, the ultimate thing was the cold exposure. You know, we have 187,000 lakes here in Finland. The winters are pretty long, especially when you're considering in comparison to Australia. So, um, yeah, that was the thing. I had to, I had to come to terms with it on some, on some level. And it, the cold was just something I ended up enjoying. Not initially. I had to kind of like work for that. But eventually it started to be um, it started to become like a like a, a hobby and then it became a passion 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, obviously something that uh, you can't avoid, especially in Finland. <laughs> and this might, like, yeah, if you if you plan on staying there, then it's, um, you know, worthwhile to uh, accommodate or, or acclimate yourself to some of the cold a little bit, uh, for sure. But I mean, besides that, there's also like a lot of these, you know, amazing uh, health benefits that you get from that, like better immune system, uh, lower inflammation. Uh, yeah, just like overall uh, resilience and uh, stronger immunity. Yeah, that was the funny thing for me because, like, I, I did it just as a way of, like, experiencing the winter, you know. I was like, I can't be inside all the time. I've got to go out there and get involved with the winter some way, way you know. So the swimming, the, the ice dipping was the kind of thing. And, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like to take a couple of those pictures, you know. It's cool pictures when you're sort of in this little hole in the middle of a lake or something like that and send those back to my family at home. But then along the way, I started learning all about those, the benefits. And there's a reason why I felt really good. It was, of course, the release of all the happy hormones and whatsoever. But I found out that I wasn't getting sick. Like everyone else around me was kind of getting that seasonal flu. And um, I wasn't getting that. I wasn't actually getting that for many, many, many years. Actually, still, still not, not got any uh, flus. And, and the combination of doing the cold exposure and, you know, the famous uh, Finnish pastime and maybe this part of the world, Estonia and Russia as well, um, you know, the sauna, those, those two together is a beautiful combination as well. It's a very social thing, but there's also so many health benefits as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, like doing the uh, sauna plus the ice bath is uh, one of the, like, most, you feel like one of the most, um, like super alive while doing that or super yeah energized it's kind of crazy that uh, like you know initially when you go to the cold it's like somewhat uh you know it uh, freezes you but uh when you get used to it then it's like yeah, one of the best feelings in the world actually or most like energizing uh, feelings for sure yeah for sure how many times do you go to the sauna by the way in a week um you well at least like four times five times something like that so yeah, it's also a very um, regular practice. I do the cold showers every morning. So those are all amazing for just waking up without needing like uh, caffeine immediately. And uh, I also noticed like the fat loss is very easy if you just do like a cold shower in the morning and uh, yeah, it just increases your metabolic rate in the morning immediately. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's exactly how I do it as well. Like you know, there's really good. Uh, you you've written. Uh, extensively about the the benefits of the sauna as well but uh, of course the most um, sort of well the, the best best and kind of more comprehensive uh, start sauna studies conducted here in Finland that says that uh, you know five five to seven times a week if you can get to the sauna that often uh, is is optimal Re- reduce or cause mortality by 52 percent or so so it's like uh, it, actually sauna will uh, make you live longer basically mm, yeah yeah um what about the colds like do you think that's gonna make you live longer <laughs> yeah yeah well you know we know that the the inflammation is suppressed you know the innate immune response is suppressed you know when we do this kind of like a longer dose of the cold so we're talking in the range of two to three minutes uh, it, it can be enough uh, interesting thing as well is breathing. You can get the same kind of effect by just doing the breathing, not at the same time, but uh, like Wim Hof style, heavy breathing with some pauses. So the adrenaline spikes, 
Uh, and this can this reaction suppresses the innate immune response. So you only need to do this about once a week because uh, the that that actual dose uh, lasts for six to seven days in the studies that show, showed this. Um, but you know some of us like to do a little bit long, a little bit more. Like the cold showers are there sort of every morning. But then you know if I can in the middle of winter, I'll get down to the the Baltic Sea, not too far from here, maybe three times a week, three four times a week. Mm. Yeah, I, I I usually get into like an actual like a lake or sea maybe yeah once or twice per winter. So I'm usually uh, sticking with the cold showers. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very like somewhat uh, can be dangerous for sure if you're go doing open body waters. But uh, yeah, like if you are let's say used to it, then uh, I do think that people who are doing it or have noticed that people who are doing some sort of you know winter swimming or cold exposure, they have just uh, better, like, you know, immunity, obviously, as well. But uh, they're generally, like, yeah, just more uh, resilient, especially the older people who are doing that. <laughs> I noticed that uh, they are, like, yeah, very, like, robust and uh, youthful. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that was one of the, the kind of things. I, I, I was a bit shocked when I first got into this because, I, like, it was usually sort of, like, older people and you know, the body type wasn't sort of like, you know, you wouldn't classify this as like a, like a fit, fit body, you know, like where you can see all the muscles um, and so on. So I was like thinking, okay, like maybe it's just like bigger, like, you know, there's a kind of misconception in a way that like sort of, um, you know, like overweight or, or like people that carry a lot more uh, fat on their body are the only ones who can do this. And uh, as I found out, it wasn't wasn't necessarily the case. Maybe it helps on some level because that's you know uh, fat is a fuel source, uh, you know. And then we, when you look at the brown fat as well, and the, the relationship between brown fat that actually actively seeks out the white fat stores and breaks it down, burns that those cells off as energy. Of course, there's some this this kind of starts to explain why why you know older elderly people are kind of like really resilient and really as you said robust they can they're just swimming around like not a care in the world you know i was amazed at this when i first came to finland like like spending five ten minutes in there and then just mm. hanging out in minus 20 degrees and then going eventually going to the sauna maybe mm. so yeah <laughs> what what about uh, people who let's say aren't or haven't ever done this kind of thing, uh, but they're interested in the ice bath and things like that. What's like, what's your like, maybe some recommendations for them? Like how can they start or uh, how to start? Oh, well, just like you said, I mean, the, the cold shower, I think everybody's um, got cold water in the, in the shower. Um, and of course now with the energy prices, maybe it's a good thing to, to go <laughs> stick to the, to stick to the cold yeah. showers. Of course, um, you know the the water here, and of course in, in Estonia as well, it's really it's quite cold in in uh, that you can get from the taps. So it's you know it's a sort of mm. location based thing. Like if in in Mexico or in Australia, uh, the water temperature from that's coming straight from the tap is a little bit different. But um, anything under under sort of like uh, 15, 14 degrees is still a pretty good dose. So everyone should have access to water of that temperature at least. And then it's just around, it's just about um, going there and just um, literally turning the tap on, getting under there, and just letting the water kind of like um, sort of like flow over uh, the front of your body, uh, finding finding your breath, controlling the breath, um, because it can 
you know, it takes the breath away. That's the, that's the first thing it does. It kind of gets you into that sympathetic state. Your kind of eyes, you know, it really wakes you up, like you said, uh, better than a cup of coffee in most cases. You get under there for 30 seconds, uh, then you can kind of, uh, if, you, if you're new, you can kind of have the contrast. You can go back to warm shower, then you can turn the warm down and you can kind of go back and forth between the hot and cold as you like. And then eventually you work your way towards uh, maybe a minute or two in the cold shower. And of course, you don't have to just sit there in the cold shower, you know, just um, like, you know, doing nothing. You can go like wash and do all those normal things. But eventually, eventually the idea is to be able to take a, a full, your full shower, whatever time that is, whatever length that is, to take the whole shower with just full blown cold, cold, uh, mm. cold water. That's the mm. easiest way to start, and it's the, the access point for many people. Uh, there's also one other thing that people uh, start to do as well, and that they, um, you know, they do these little face dunks. So they might have a bowl of water, and they have really cold water with some ice cubes there, and they're kind of like just um, putting, the, putting the face in the water. Of course, you have to be a little bit more careful with that one because, you know, you, even if, you, if you're not used to that, if, you're, uh, if you do pass out, you can, you know, you can still cause, you know, you only have to, inhale or take water in and it can be a bit of a problem for you so you just have to be careful with that one um that one you just have to take you know take a breath go in maybe try 10 15 seconds and see how that feels uh, a lot of women are like this especially especially for the beauty aspects because it tightens the skin and produces a little bit more collagen and helps blood flow uh, so it's a bit of a cosmetic thing as well i think Victoria Beckham and people like this have been kind of advocates of the the sort of the, the face the face dunk in the ice water. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think that's uh, probably more motivating for some people, like that they get some uh, visible benefits from that. Uh, yeah. If any, if anything, then you do lose like you burn a lot of calories in the cold, like shivering, and I think that. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you're in inside of the like a body of water, like the, the cold shower won't get you the same effect as if you're in a, like, you know, up to your sort of chest or neck in, in the, a lake or, or something of this, uh, of this magnitude. Um, but, you know, your metabolic rate will increase about 300, 350% during that time, which is, which also supports what you were saying before about the fat, fat loss and fat burn. Mm. Uh, one of the favorite things to do, I know you like to do this too, is, um, in a fasted state go and uh, get the cold exposure because then it's you know it's really deplete depleting the glycogen stores in the cells you know you can really it's like a turbocharger for your uh, fat burning Mm. yeah exactly what about the breath side so you mentioned that you can actually achieve uh, similar effects with your breath so how does that work yeah, well, I mean, the the effects are related to the 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 rising of the stress hormones, right? Or what we perceive as stress hormones, meaning um, cortisol being one of those, and then of course adrenaline. So, you know, it's well known and quite fa- well well reported uh, within Wim Hof method breathing or certain breath protocols. Uh, sometimes coming from the yogic world as well. Uh, this kombucha they call it, which is the breath hold. Uh, when we're taking really, really long breath holds and kind of stretching those out and taking them really long and deeper, uh, the body uh, sort of has this reaction of, okay, there's no oxygen coming, so here's some energy, right? Because uh, adrenaline is literally glucose, which is secreted from your adrenal glands, 
um, you know, and like near, near the kidneys basically. And it says, here's this glucose, here have some energy. And we know that the stress hormones, like people always say this when I say stress hormones, stress is like a triggering word for a lot of people. They think, oh, okay, the stress, stress means bad. But actually, uh, acute bursts of stress where we're kind of like, you know, a minute or two at a time and sort of controlled bursts of stress actually have this reaction. Uh, in the case of uh, adrenaline and cortisol, it's suppressing the innate immune response, which is the production of white blood cells. So um, this, is, this is how stress manifests in the body. Uh, body senses or feels this stress and says, okay, like, okay, let's produce some more white blood cells because something's happening. Yes, somebody's saying hormesis. This is a hormetic effect. And it's kind of like microdosing stress, if you want to say it like this. And, mm. of course, with a little bit of stress, we, we allow the body to make some adaptations and, it, and, it, and allow some of those pathways to stay open. In the case of the breath holding, the longer we go, we pr produce a little bit of adrenaline, we produce a little bit of cortisol, and that suppresses the white blood cells uh, production and of course, that means that we don't have them floating around in the body and having those, uh, you know, it reduces the possibility that we get those autoimmune issues, arthritis, fibromyalgia, Crohn's disease, and a whole range of other things we can, we've seen. We don't say heal, but we can definitely treat those things and reduce a lot of the symptoms of those things just by going to the cold. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, does it have like any cardiovascular benefits as well like if you do like the breath holds do you have like cardio benefits of you know running faster and yeah i mean you, you know uh i think you're also a big advocate uh and there's good research now uh that's showing that the lung capacity um and lung volume actually is uh, a key defining or maybe the key defining factor of how long you live it's a good mm. it's the best measurement um of how long you're going to live because as we know, I think it's about the age of 50, your lung, com lung capacity and your lung volume starts decreasing by a certain percentage, some more than others per year, until you get older and older and older. And then, you know, you're breathing more shallow. There's more of a strain on the heart and other organs. And eventually, um, if there is a bit too much uh, strain on those on the organs, then something gives at some point, right? So there's mm. a lot of things we can do uh, all throughout life. Uh, that will help us uh, maintain uh, sort of like as as bigger or a great as, uh, lung volume as possible. And a lot of those things have to do with biomechanics. A lot of them have to do with, um, that's why yogis and yo people that are practicing yoga and stretching and opening up the intercostals, opening up the chest, opening up uh, even around the back, you know, the re remembering that the ribs go all the way around as well. Keeping this all open, you, I mean, People often forget that the lungs are kind of like these spongy, they're not balloons, they're very spongy, but they can really expand a great, great amount. And if it wasn't for this cage that they were sort of enclosed in, which is the rib cage, of course, um, you know, they would actually really expand quite, quite, quite a great deal further. So it's really important to have these very, um, the intercostal muscles in between the ribs, if they can expand and they can kind of um, maintain that elasticity, uh, you're likely to breathe, um, have a better breath of air in, and that means that you'll you'll be able to br bring more air in, breathe less, which is obviously a better thing. Uh, what we're advocating for as well, and uh, this will this will get you in uh, good shape. Uh, use of the diaphragm as well, of course, a strong diaphragm. Uh, 
a lot of that is uh, also tied into nasal breathing as well. Mm. Yeah, like that is one um, thing, at least like in ancient times, they say that if you like breathe a lot or if you breathe very fast, that's going to, like every breath you take is like uh, uh, speeding up your aging or uh, taking you closer to your uh, death because, yeah, first of all, yeah, your, you know, organs will wear out with wear and tear too much and uh, there's just yeah, the you know breathing itself also causes this uh, reactive oxygen species formation which uh, causes like damage to the body and ages you so yeah like a slower heart rate and um, slower breaths are uh, yeah quite beneficial as well so that's why like athletes you know they have a lower resting heart rate that uh, you know they're fitter they're exercising and their heart is more efficient in pumping blood and uh, you don't need to like breathe that often and that fast yeah, I mean, uh, an easy way to um, consider this is like you breathe how you want to live. If mm. you want to be more active in a more active state uh, and you need that energy, like, no, and of course, understanding that the way that the body produces energy is literally related and tied towards uh, oxygen, right? So the more you breathe, the more oxygen you take in, the more energy you're going to be producing. Um if you're laying there at night, you don't want to be kind of running around, you know, uh, you know, you don't want to be breathing like more, you know, because you're going to be producing energy and you're going to be in this more sort of like active state. So you want to breathe less when you go to sleep or when you want to relax or when you want to meditate. If you're running around, if you actually need to get going, then it's like, okay, you need to breathe more. Uh, it's a pretty simple uh, sort of thing to remember. But of course, life happens. Stressful situation means that um, even just sitting there and somebody yelling or your colleague says something you disagree with or you have, you're driving a car and there's a road rage, whatever the thing is, of course you start breathing in an active state and engaging the sympathetic nervous system. All your um, you know, alarm systems are kind of triggered and you're like, okay, heart rate increases, adren adren adrenaline pumping through the veins. And so we know that we can just basically dial that back or, as we always say, that have the remote control to these, um, to these systems through the breath. We can down-regulate ourselves once we know and become aware of that fact and, and real-time thinking, okay, I don't need to be like, I don't need to breathe this much. I don't need to be like, you know, my heart doesn't need to be pounding this much. Anyone who's ever gone on a stage and given a presentation knows has done this before for sure because, it, you know, you get that initial like buzz, you look into the crowd and then it's like, do-dum, 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 like this. You're like, ah, I just need to, I just, just get the breathing, you know? Everyone's done it on some, yeah. on, on some way before. Mm, yeah. And uh, with the nose breathing, is that the most effective way of doing that, like you mentioned? Yeah, um, of course, uh, nasal breathing is the way to go for all day, uh, if we can, like 22, 23 hours of the day. Of course, there's moments of the day where maybe it's actually beneficial to breathe through the mouth uh, in some different uh, breathing practices, especially if it requires uh, the release or the sort of like dumping of CO2 mm. uh, and kind of playing with that a little bit. Again, Wim Hof method is one of those breathing t techniques that really plays with this. Um, and use it, uses this as a way to sort of uh, give off the CO2. And people that are running in a race or a marathon uh, have probably experienced this as well, when you need to kind of dump the CO2 uh, because it's, you know, you, it feels uncomfortable in the body to have so much in there. Um, 
but yeah, nasal breathing is is the is the calmest way to breathe. Um, it's it, it, you know people people in the chat are saying box breathing and giving some really good um, tips. People are really aware of their breathing, which is great to hear and see. But um, if you can change, if I could change one habit in any any, any single person, uh, it's the nasal breathing. You know, we've said many, many times, you and I have been talking about this a long time and many podcasts and things. All the filtration is here. Uh, nitric oxide uh, is a very, very uh, key molecule that opens. It's a vasodilator. It also um, antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral. So if we close the mouth and only breathe through our nose, all that nitric oxide filters around the face and kind of, in a way, kind of cleanses and removes and treats some of those pathogens and uh, viruses and things that are kind of lurking around. Uh, and then also biomechanically, when you breathe through your nose, uh, your diaphragm's connected to the spine and actually the rib cage, and you already kind of have this good posture like this. Uh, it's also the most efficient way to breathe, which means you're not breathing from the chest up in here and moving all these the bigger muscles around, more blood, uh, and more oxygen needs to go to all these big muscles when you're using the upper chest breathing, the mouth breathing. So it's mo yeah. most, it's very, very efficient. And we're also saying that about six, six to 10 breaths in a minute is the optimal rate of breath. Mm. So it's quite, it feels like quite less for some people, but it's very possible, uh, once we start engaging the nasal breathing and start looking at natural pauses in between the inhale and the exhale. Mm. Yeah. That's very beneficial, and uh, that's what we'll also do in practice of you know teaching in the retreat. So we'll do breath work yeah. and ice baths by you, guided by you, and uh, obviously in addition to that, we'll do some other lectures by me and my wife uh, Inka. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a full-on, knowledgeable, let's say, experience about uh, like this yeah, optimizing your health and psychology and uh, physiology. But also, um, you know, besides that, we'll also have like, you know, these um, touristy things like visiting the volcano and... Uh, yeah, experiences, you know, like yeah. this, this is the thing. Um, I, 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 lo I love the idea of this because, you know, your, an individual's uh, journey, a health journey, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's very lonely. It's very difficult to um, like relate to other people around if you, especially if you're, you have something that you're trying to treat or find answers for. And I think that's why I like this kind of biohacking community and the people that are very health conscious because, you know, we're on the same journey where sometimes we just have different uh, entry points in, right? And, what I found every single time, whether it's the Biohacker Summit, whether it's retreats um, like what we've been involved with previously and the one coming up, is that you end up learning. The, the learning and the education is kind of exponential with all these amazing people that come there. So, you know, you, you are amazing. You're like a tree of knowledge for just about everything. But then there's other people that have come in from other entry points that have studied specific things and have, have dealt with certain things through their life and they just want to share that and it's just so amazing like this mm. yeah absolutely and it's also fun <laughs> to do yeah. those things um, but yeah yeah but uh, yeah people are interested then uh, I have a link in my bio to the retreat and uh, yes it's in May 2023 in Mexico so uh, with me Lee and uh, my wife Inka so uh, yeah, 
it was uh, awesome chatting with you. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely see each other before the Mexico yeah, retreat. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll see you around. And of course, if anyone has questions, they can they can ask us, right? Uh, they can of reach course, out. Yeah. We can help them uh, help them get involved or uh, yeah, help them learn about all the possibilities. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's always uh, nice chatting with you. And uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, as well. We'll see you very, very soon. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to support this podcast, then check out our sponsors and leave our review on iTunes or Spotify. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.